0: Splot Studios, home of Police Navidad, the Cops vs. Kris Kringle Christmas Special, proudly presents... Tom
1: Hanksgiving, right here every Tuesday. Tom Hanksgiving, come on and press play. There's Elvis, the host with the most. Yada, 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 yada. With a different guest each week. They're the smart ones. Each episode's a new movie. About Tom Hanks, the man himself, of course, it's time for Tom Hanksgiving. It's the best you can get. It's the rootinest, tootinest podcast on the internet. Tom Hanksgiving.
0: Howdy, partner, and welcome to Tom Hanksgiving. I'm your host, Elvis, and this week you can call me Block because we're about to talk about 1999's *The Green Mile*, the kickoff Gary Sinister month. That's right, all month long, we're going to talk about the Hanks Gary Sinise collaborations, and we're doing it in reverse order, building up to that big number fifty episode with Forrest Gump. Uh, but today we're talking *Green Mile*, and uh, we're joined by the very funny, the very charming Buzzfeed video producer and all-around hilarious person, Chloe Zach.
2: Hi, thank you. That's a nice introduction.
0: This is your first podcast appearance, is that correct?
2: Yep, this is my first ever. Can you call it an appearance when I'm not appearing?
0: Oh, see, you're already on my shit. This is good. You're already (laughs) calling me out. Um, Uh, It's too bad that we're not doing a a movie where Tom Hanks has a British accent, so you can kind of criticize him. Oh my god, I would love that. I love to criticize
2: a British accent. Because they're generally quite horrible at doing it, the Americans. That's what I've heard. Yeah.
0: Um, Especially D'Artagnan London, who's also been on this show before.
2: (laughs) That... Dude, love him, but <laughs> he spent the entire time I knew him at Buzzfeed just like doing my accent and pretending like it was completely normal. But I knew he was doing it because mm-hmm. it was terrible. He's like, oh, I think I'm fitting in. Like, I think he thought that he's like, I'm fitting in. Yeah. Like. Well, I mean, stop I it. guess he's
0: practicing. <laughs> yeah. But uh, did yeah. he get any better? Probably not.
2: Um, I don't know. It was- not really. I'm <laughs> not really bad. What, what is
0: the trick to a British accent? Can you say, or oh, do you, because it's your I native know. tongue, do you not know?
2: I, well, I only know because I've had so many, like, lessons to be American for my acting, and I'm horrible at it, but... So
0: you won't grace us with a little bit of... Oh, uh, I can,
2: I'd be like, hi, I'm Chloe, and I'm from Los Angeles.
0: <laughs> I, it sounds affected <laughs> in the right way, though. It sounds like a phony Los Angeles person's voice.
2: Hi, I'm a movie star from Los Angeles, and I love Hollywood.
0: <laughs> Impressive. I, I like it.
2: Yeah, I would never talk like that. So what is like, the key
0: to a British accent? Oh, right,
2: right, So So um, apparently British people speak in the front of their mouth, which is why if you ever watch a British person speak, they push their lips out. Um, yep, just like that. Like this? Yes. Yeah, right.
0: <laughs> well, howdy, partner, and welcome to Tom Giving. I'm also Tom That
2: isn't... The worst thing I've ever heard.
0: (laughs) All right. All right. Why The Green Mile? We talked about this. We've had this idea for a while now, actually. Finally getting you on the show. Yeah. Why this movie?
2: I remember watching this when I was pretty young. It's one of the first, like, adult movies that I really, really remember. It just being, like, a very visceral reaction to it. Like, I was crying my eyes out throughout, like, a lot of it. Um, And then re-watching it for the podcast, it just brought back all the old feelings that I got from watching it when I was a kid. Did you
0: cry on the rewatch? Oh yeah,
2: I cried a lot. I cried throughout it. Not the whole way, but like I definitely <laughs> cried
0: there at were multiple in, points. Yes, 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 So directed by Frank Darabont. Uh but directed from a Stephen King material and uh starring our boy Tom Hanks, uh Gary Sinise, hence the month. Uh and a whole shit ton of other people. Uh Michael Clark Duncan perhaps most famously. Uh, being John Coffey.
2: I forgot how magic he was until I rewatched it. Really? So funnily enough, that wasn't the thing that like hit me the hardest. So I think it's more about like someone who is innocent being punished.
0: So it's basically this man falsely imprisoned for murder on death row, going to the electric chair. But uh, we also see other characters along the way. And it's told through the point of view of uh, Tom Hanks's character, Paul Edgecombe. Hanks is... Uh, Struggling with a UTI at the beginning
2: of the movie. That was another thing I really remembered.
0: (laughs) Really? That stuck with you? It really
2: stuck with me because it's just such a bizarre illness to put in a movie, especially for a man because, like, urinary tract infections are very, like, female-centric, I would say. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was very interesting that, like, that was the thing they chose for him. I, I still don't really understand it, but...
0: Well, we're going to talk about what the what the P means a little okay. later. Okay, uh, I need to know. I do want to dive into that. Yes. Um, but, uh, yeah, and then he, he's basically through uh, the falsely imprisoned guys. You guys have seen this movie. I don't want to, have to go through the whole story. It's um, three hours long, people. It's so long. This is the longest Tom Hanks movie in existence. If is you, it really? If you don't count the uh, the Prohibition documentary that he narrates... Oh. Which is like five hours. <laughs> does this need to be as long as it does? We start the movie with this present day-ish. Oh, it's a little dated now. Uh, it's like it was 20 years ago probably because there's Jerry Springer on the TV. And yeah. We're in this old folks retirement center. And uh, it takes for fucking ever to get back to uh, the Green Mile's uh, actual time time frame. Yeah. And the story to really start. And, and we kind of have this wraparound where we start with old Paul... Aged up, probably like in his hundreds at this point, at least like one hundred and eight. Yeah, Uh, and we start with him, and then he starts telling the story of what happened, and then we finally, three hours later, get back and see that the mouse is still alive. And
2: it's the only point to the entire thing. Yeah, do you the mouse and him being old? That's the only reason that exists.
0: Well, I think there is a reason exists, but I don't think. Like I don't, you don't need it. That's for sure. No, you but I get think the
2: same story through it without having that tacked on the beginning and end.
0: But if you ask why it's there, I think the only thing you can pull away from it is the fact that he looks at it as a curse because right, that's he's true. going okay. If the mouse is still fucking alive, like a hundred years later. He's going to live for, like, 500 years as an old man. That sucks.
2: literally break
0: down into, like, dust by then. Just, like, living dust. He's going to turn into the Crypt Keeper. (laughs) Um, But uh, I think the reason you keep it in the movie is for that thought, because it's basically a punishment.
2: That is very true. Because he's like, everyone around me dies, everyone I love is gone, and this is my punishment.
0: Imagine being in that position...
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm weird. I kind of want to live forever.
0: Right, but do you want to live forever... <laughs> as an old man? As an old man?
2: <laughs> if he gets really, really old and he's still alive, does everything hurt? Or, like, is he okay? Like, how do you get... What happens when you get so, so old?
0: Yeah, th- I think like, he's probably going to have to deal with the the hurt. Like, yeah, like, he's going to end up not
2: being able to walk and, like...
0: He's not spry at this point. Not spry. <laughs> I mean, he's probably spry for his age, but he's not... Yeah. Walking around, he's not fucking Bonnie Hunt like uh, like a racehorse like he is earlier no. in the movie. It makes me wonder then, can he commit suicide? He can oh, probably be killed.
2: Yeah, because if he's he's not even sure if he's immortal. He's like, I have no like I I have no, I think I'm going to die. Like he's like, I'm not going to be eternal. So he must be able to commit suicide. Yeah, but I think that he. He probably thinks he'd go to hell if he commits suicide, right? Right,
0: because that—that was that kind of a punishment. That was a whole point. Before he killed John Coffey, he's concerned about the, the fate of the soul.
2: Which I think is really interesting. When I watched that, I was like, "What a selfish asshole!" Because he literally <laughs> was like
0: oh, my God, what am I going to do when
2: I get to the pearly gates and I have to admit that I killed one of God's miracles or whatever. And I'm like, excuse me, you're not the one dying on death. Yeah. Like, Why are you concerned about your fucking self?
0: <laughs> it, this movie does, uh, it, it's a, interesting to watch in 2016, where it's like, "Oh, this is kind of shit's still happening. Yeah. Uh, and the racial politics are right there in literal black and white. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're kind of worried about uh, the white guys.
2: Yeah. Right? Like, I don't care about your damn fate. Yeah, You're
0: an idiot. We, I mean, granted, sure, John Coffey says he wants it to be over, but like, really? Yeah. I, That's I think only because his life has sucked because he's been discriminated against and he's been in prison for a while. For,
2: and he can, like, feel people's energy. Yeah, and exactly. He's, so he's, like, been in pain forever because mm-hmm. he just has to deal with these awful people who hate each other and, like, ugh.
0: Michael Clark Duncan in this movie is so likable.
2: He's so good. As
0: soon as he shows up. One of the things that uh, they do so well in this movie is the uh, sympathizing oh my God. with these characters. Yeah. It, it, the one the one thing I think is it lacks a little nuance in its depiction of his characters. Like, this is totally a good guy. This is totally a bad guy. That's
2: so true. It's
0: it's kind of childish in yeah, that way. Yeah,
2: I mean, the more the, long, the more the film went on, the more I kind of realized, like, they're spelling it out what he's like. Mm-hmm. Like, he was kind of... He started off slight, like a little bit nuanced when you didn't know who he was exactly and all this stuff, but towards the end... He kind of did overdo it with the kind of like cryy like, but you know, but and I'm like, oh come on, you've done a little too much now. I think he's absolutely amazing, but just like I, yeah. towards the end, I was just like watching I, it back. I don't know. For...
0: Yeah, I think I think it's. I mean, even from the the first scene, he really gets in. uh, He's he, the way he's dressed looks kind of like a really big kid. And oh yes, he's true. Like, do you leave the light on because he's that afraid was so of the <laughs> It's you know it's great detail. I love that, but like I think part of the fact that the movie is so long, you get to notice how one-dimensional these characters are. So if it was a little more condensed, it might play better. Because uh, yeah. I don't, but I also at the same time I don't think it's wrong that you have a relatively surface-level story. I don't think that's bad. Also because, with the b- benefit of the framing device, this is his memory of the story, so it's going to be oh, colored great. that way. So it's kind of another easy get-out-of-jail-free card. Uh, but the first, when they introduce him, uh, and he gets out of the police van, mm-hmm. essentially, and that just that...
1: huge.
0: I love the way they're able to convey his sense of weight and size yeah. in this movie. Uh,
2: or you just saw on IMDb, he's only 6'5", and in the movie he could easily be 7'5", the way they depict him.
0: Yeah, which is, which is really interesting because uh, he's also in this movie with James Cromwell, who's actually taller than him.
2: Oh, really? Yeah,
0: by like, uh, I think he's 6'7". Oh, so crazy. when he shows up to uh, his house and he's towering over him, it's clearly Applebox. <laughs> Apple box And, uh, and I-, I only noticed it this time. Um, and that was because I was looking for stuff to talk about on the show. That's fair. So great uh, sense of scale, I guess, in this movie. Yeah. Um,
2: Can I just say one thing about the movie? Talking about like com- conveying things? Of course. This thing is so, like, this is a, one of my biggest memories of it, is how sweaty everyone is the entire way through. <laughs> it, I just kept saying it this time around. I was like, they're, they're sweaty again. Oh, they're sweaty. Oh, look at that sweat there. Oh, the sweat. It's just like that that was obviously the movie's way of conveying that this you know, the, the stress of the place and the heat and the, yeah. like the southernness and like the timing of like the where it's when it was set and everything. I was just like it's good because normally in movies everyone just looks way too perfect. Or or they're like I've never really seen sweat in a movie on everyone. Do you know what I mean? It's sweat
0: kind of... on the sweat on Hanks when he's trying to get that pee out. Oh my god. Is just so Revolting, yeah, but in like the most authentic oh, way. Completely. Like, I've been in that, well, fortunately, not that peeing situation. <laughs> Deramont is really good at, at, I think, grabbing a texture because mm. this movie feels hot, it feels painful.
2: No one ever says it's hot, but it just feels mm-hmm. so it's, hot. It's
0: there, yeah, you can imagine it. And they're in the like, especially the the guards, they're in this big uniform, yeah, and like that's that's gotta suck. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh,
2: yeah, the way that they convey that too just with like the noise of it and, and, and like the way they carry it. Like it does feel very heavy that all of their uniforms.
0: And this is great. This is a great example of like casting people who are relic, like they're movie stars, but they're relatively like normal looking people. None of these people are like in athletic, super abs shape.
2: Yeah. Like
0: Hank's is, this is one of Hanks's rounder periods. He's got <laughs> some weight to him and it really works with his character. Even Bonnie Hunt too, is absolutely adorable uh, she she looks like a real person. Yeah,
2: oh, that's exactly what I thought. I was so surprised that his wife wasn't some 20-year-old supermodel like they usually do in these movies.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, I think that most Hanks movies outside of the Da Vinci Code trilogy, but even then, the love interest <laughs> angle is kind of like, we're just kind of pushing that to the side. It's not really what we're doing, even though that's how it is in the books. Uh, they usually pair him up with someone who's... Uh, like, I, this movie made me think of Castaway When him and Helen Hunt are together, they yeah. look like a real couple. And I think the same for uh, Edgecombe and his uh, wife with cast of Bonnie Hunt. Which Bonnie Hunt doesn't have a lot to do in this movie. She's essentially the one female character. I know. We get a bit of crazy. Pat- Patricia Clarkson later in the movie. But uh, I think she's great. I'm always happy to see Bonnie Hunt. Do you like Bonnie Hunt?
2: I, I do. I think she's really good. She's very realistic and... I don't know, she seemed... I, I liked how warm she was as a person in it. She was just kind of like his sounding board. That's kind of like her use. Yeah, which
0: is unfortunate because that <laughs> happens to, to a lot of uh, female characters. But it, like, it, it makes sense because like, this is much like Shawshank Redemption, which I'm going to bring up a little later. Uh, this is sort of a man's movie. Oh, so much. Uh
2: But then again, where would you put? I mean, I could
0: Where would you? Where would
2: you put a female? Yeah, really. They can't
0: be in the. They can't work there. They can't be a prisoner. Yeah. So it has to be his wife, and his wife wouldn't be that involved, obviously. I mean, you could maybe for when a kid. I don't know. I mean,
2: maybe she could like have pushed him to try and like get coffee, uh, like removed or whatever more. Because she was kind of, like, very complacent with that. She was just kind of, like, asked one question about it. Oh, can you do anything? No. Okay. I don't know. She could have been, like, the catalyst that, like, pushes him to maybe find out more things. Because they didn't really try to get him released at all.
0: No, and that that's less of a, yeah, that's less of a gender pollux problem. More of just, like, a... I mean, maybe it's a realistic that they didn't try. I guess, but, uh, but it
2: was just... I don't know. I just felt like you're letting a man die who's innocent, and you're just kind of being, like... Oh well, there's nothing we can do.
0: True, but it, it, at the same time, if this was a movie where they got him free, then you would be criticizing. <laughs> well, him. That's so schmaltzy. That would never happen. Obviously, the movie is white. It has to be yeah, It has to yeah. be. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm just um, playing devil's advocate. Of course, of course. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's half of what we do on the show. Um, but uh, just because it doesn't pass the Bechtel test doesn't mean it's a bad movie uh, <sighs>
2: it very much fails that in, ways.
0: <laughs> in so many ways <laughs> I mean I guess there she's ha- she's there with Patricia Clarkson at one that one scene there's
2: one scene where they, you don't even hear what they're
0: speaking about mm-hmm. but there's two women having fun hey they're having fun that's, that's great uh, but I did like my favourite part with Bonnie actually my second favourite part is that she was there at basically like, the Ocean's Eleven meeting where it's like She's part of the, the planning troupe she didn't she wasn't necessary to the actual movements of the plot when they actually got there, but she was like part of the brain trust like here's what we're doing uh, and I thought that was a nice touch because like she brought maybe a moral piece to it, which is kind of a, a female thing to do uh, yeah. tropey, but
2: I was a little worried that she was just there because she'd cooked the meal. <laughs>
0: necessary too though they were they were bribing each other
2: well yeah but the first bloody thing they said was grape fried chicken I bet I bet she does
0: make some grape fried chicken (laughs) well
2: still we know her
0: cornbread's amazing that was
2: like the only thing they said about her and then she just sat there like nodding for the rest of the music I think
0: she had a couple lines about how it was a necessary move
2: yeah. Well, um, I'm glad she was there anyway, but it was just funny because it was clearly because she cooked it.
0: The <laughs> best part, though, about about this movie is something we, – we don't get uh, – I've done a lot of Tom Hanks movies on this show now, and we don't really get a lot of Tom Hanks sex scenes. We don't Thank really God. get <laughs> – Every fine. woman on this show is always like, ugh, <laughs> Tom Hanks,
2: He's not got sex appeal. Let's be honest here. He's an amazing actor. Just – That's not enough. That's – I don't know. I'm sure some people find them very attractive. Some it's just people not do. That tight. you do clearly. Like,
0: <laughs> but we get that great shot of uh, getting to hear the grunts from that body. Still haunts. made me feel fucking. What good. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> He's just so animal. Like the when he gets his groove on with and the just seeing the two of them together and their chemistry post coitus was like. There's some mighty fine acting going on right here. I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was great. Uh, and it was actually one of the things I had forgotten was in this movie.
2: Yeah, I forgot it too. And then I was like, <laughs> oh my god, what's happening?
0: Well, I give it an A+. Apparently <laughs> no, you... it was fine. It
2: was fine. I didn't need to have, see him have sex, so that was
0: good. Mm-hmm. Um, and A classy but funny way that's to show true. sex. That
2: is a good point. I didn't like... Yeah.
0: I, and I, I, like, he, he, she's grunting at night, he's grunting in the morning.
2: Uh, <laughs> I just don't like the word grunt
0: what would you prefer, moaning moaning
2: I think moaning's a little better moaning's a little thing sexier grunting just sounds animalistic
0: Mo- well that's sometimes if sex is like it's like you just got Ooh, you know moaning is more it's scary it's like a ghost <gasps> <laughs> oh wow now I'm gonna think about ghosts every time that kind of turns me on around. too though so that, that's not, that doesn't bother me oh, okay. <laughs> good to know moaning ghosts I mean that goes back to Ghostbusters and the ghost blowjob which is a whole other thing what The the original ghost, but not the new one. What what, what happened in it? you made a joke
2: about ghost blowjobs. Yeah,
0: Dan Aykroyd's character has a it's a dream, but he gets a blowjob from the ghost. I do
2: not remember that.
0: It's a small part of the movie, but it's always stuck with me. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on, um, uh, David Morse plays brute brutal the the big kind of second right hand man to Tom Hanks he has a
2: nice kind face that man
0: yes he very looks friendly. kind face like I trust him yeah, yeah
2: yeah yeah everything yeah I feel like he was kind of like a moral standpoint of the movie like he gave he was although although Tom Hanks did kind of like say no to him quite a lot but he tried to do he was always he was always there giving his best advice and trying to do the right thing even if Tom Hanks didn't take it kind of
0: thing Yeah, very one dimensional but very I think in the in the like, a purposeful, like, this is just, like, the support guy. Like, yeah. he reminds me of, like, a teacher I had in high school who was, like, mm. always looking out for you, that kind of character. Um, yeah. and, I don't know, he was just a warm presence. I like that Uh, Barry Pepper's also in this movie. He was also in Saving Private Ryan. He oh
2: yeah, I like was the,
0: the younger guy. I thought he was really good. He's
2: so good, like, when, at the end, when they're electrocuting him, and, and he's he can't like, keep it together. Oh my god, that just broke my heart.
0: Yeah. Uh, I think he's fantastic. Um moving on <laughs> that's the thing there's so many people in this movie can't like <laughs> do it. and, and they're, One sentence each <laughs> they're, most of their their performances aren't that complicated so no. there's not a whole other than like I like the way they handled this we moving on to uh, Doug Hitchison who plays Percy. right this guy is Dude. so good because before he even does anything unkind when we just get that cutaway of him in the van with uh, Michael Clark Duncan. I hate him. Yeah. His face oh, is totally. despicable. I just want to fucking punch him. Yeah,
2: he has such a punchable fucking face. Mm-hmm. And he, I just hate... He's he's another reason that I remember the movies... Like, what I remember about the movie is him. Like, he stuck with me so much because I have never
0: hated someone so much in a movie before. He was just the worst. He might be one of the most despicable characters on screen ever. Yeah. I think probably in a Tom Hanks movie. But uh, yeah, he's he's disgusting. Even like the the way he, his voice is like this perfect, uh, slightly whiny. affected, whiny. Hey, like. And
2: he like sticks his lips out when he speaks, probably he... trying to do an English accent. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like it's just everything about him is gross, basically.
0: If if this is a modern day film, this is the guy who's on the Red Pill Reddit forum, the men's rights activist. My Fuck God. you, Percy. You're just like. <laughs> such a little bitch such and a little
2: bitch that's the best way to describe it he's
0: so entitled too
2: yeah oh yeah like the amount of times he mentions he knows people mm-hmm. it's like who gives a shit like even being a fucking dickhead
0: yeah it just gets under my skin in such a one dimensional yes but, yeah uh, there's like
2: nothing to him which is interesting because like when I rewatched it I was expecting to see this full character but he's not he's just a horrible person but, but it
0: works for absolutely the absolutely compelling yeah. Like, you really want to see him get his comeuppance. And yeah. that sometimes that's what, like, you know, movies can be all sorts of different kinds of movies. And this is the kind of movie where it's like, he's just going to be the guy you hate, mm. and we want you to hate him. And that, that's another thing. The way this movie depicts its characters, because obviously there are a lot of actual murderers in the movie. Um, uh, Michael Jeter plays uh, Dale, who's oh, I like him. absolutely sympathetic. He is an actual murderer, though. But this movie, the way it uh, handles its characters is the ones that are unsympathetic are the ones who want to see others get hurt. Right. Uh, And that was an interesting way to do it. Yeah. Because it's possible uh, Dale didn't want to kill somebody when he did, or he's changed since then.
2: It is interesting how they don't focus on their backstories or, like, I know he says he's sorry when he's in the chair Mm -hmm. but like it's not like he kind of like repents during the movie so you feel sorry for him like you already feel sorry for him just knowing him in the prison. Yeah. I don't know it's interesting that you can be so sympathetic to someone who you know has murdered someone.
0: And I think that's uh, like despite the the thing we keep saying with the like kind of the one dimensionality of a lot of this movie it's it's uh, purposeful in its depiction of choices maybe like how you are as a person or how you can be perceived as a person is basically your choices now in the present. Uh, Dale is not a dick. He, he, I think he genuinely feels remorse. Mm-hmm. Uh, he might not be the greatest guy and obviously he did murder someone so he deserves to be in jail. Um, yeah. Unless, of course, there's another whole story where he's like, <laughs> no, like he was true. falsely in prison yeah. too. It's... But we're, we're assuming that this the system works in this instance. <laughs> I, you know, I I'd like to be of the belief that redemption is possible um, maybe not complete re- rehabilitation like but because uh, like yeah. you're never going to erase the murder you did
2: but if you work to become a better person I mean that's why like, I know you're going to talk about it later but that's why I don't agree with the, be- the death penalty let's
0: let's segue into that yeah okay um, <laughs> <laughs> sure because this movie when we were kind of talking about it uh, it's basically I mean it's talking about the death penalty this is an, I mean electrocution is it's specific specificity um which i'll talk about that in a second but uh yeah so the death penalty
2: yeah so (laughs) i grew up in england where currently anyway we don't have the death penalty so it was never anything i really heard about experienced other than in movies
0: now was this movie you were still in England when you saw it. Yeah,
2: I was in England when I saw was it. Was
0: this the introduction to the death penalty?
2: I don't remember. I mean, it's I awesome. know I, I know I knew about the death penalty because obviously, it's you know you hear a lot about America and England. It's mm-hmm. just a big thing there, but I never agreed with it because I was never like I didn't understand the point to it because my country didn't have it. So why why would you need it? Kind of thing. Right. Like as a kid, that's I assume that's what, that's what I was thinking anyway. Um, and so yeah, that might be another reason why this movie stuck with me so much is because it's got a big like the whole point of it is something that i don't actually understand or agree with so like it was big to see people get electrocuted in a freaking chair like
0: yeah um and then going back to the betrayal of which characters are the least sympathetic are the ones who want to see people get hurt that's also the witnesses who come to yeah, see this electrocution so messed up. which th- i think this movie I-, I am also against the death penalty and while the prison system is in, in America is a much more nuanced discussion that I'm not prepared to talk <laughs> about on a Tom Hanks podcast. <laughs> I can definitely say I oppose the death penalty, and part, mostly just because, can you ever be certain? Like this movie, Michael Clark Duncan's character, uh, John Coffey, he didn't do it. No. And they obviously, it was going to be pretty impossible to prove that. And
2: like, the the way that they barely made any effort to try and prove otherwise, yeah, kind of made, it, obviously... Was really hard to do, or so they would have tried harder, I guess. So, but, but yeah, even once like, you're in there, you're
0: dead. Does is de- is it an eye for an eye? Is that what it has Which to be? It shouldn't be. I especially if we're supposed to be ba- based on a a, a society of uh, of redemption and uh, how did you put it earlier? It was it was uh, repentment. <laughs> repen- no, no, <laughs> but but, but <laughs> I- improvement and uh, oh. trying to. Like, I, I guess redemption. That's,
2: I think that's, that makes sense.
0: <laughs> um, rehabilitation. Oh, I, I mean, obviously, murder is a heavy crime. I mean, better. Yeah,
2: I don't. I don't they think, get back,
0: but th- but that's why life sentences are a thing.
2: Yeah, I mean, people obviously aren't going to enjoy their lives in prison very much for the entire of their life. So, mm-hmm. I don't think that it's like, oh, you I'm alive for the rest of my life instead of being on death row. Like, I don't think it's. a joyful time to be in prison so at least they're getting their they're serving their sentence i don't know i just i don't think you should it's not i don't think it should be up to someone else to decide when someone dies which i understand is very ironic considering the person who's being in jail killed someone yes but still i don't know i don't think two wrongs don't make a right it's that simple
0: yeah it seems like an archaic system um and this movie is definitely Absolutely advocating that it is an archaic system. It's a terrible thing to do. Uh, Freaking Tom Hanks' character is an old man. He's going to have to live with this horrible thing he did forever. And I'm sure probably at some point he's going to be like, you know, it probably wasn't right to kill those other people who killed people too. Oh, yeah. Uh, And especially because just the depiction of the electrocutions in the movie is so horrifying. It's so good. I love it. amazing. But in the sense that it's genuinely scary oh it's terrifying um like when dale dies and that fucking was... percy doesn't wet the sponge and you just have to see him burst into flames yeah that
2: was like i i, I remember crying not because i was like upset for, like upset like boohoo he's dead just through shock of what i was watching
0: it's so uncomfortable it's and especially horrible. the just the moment the dramatic moment where it's like He's still alive. Yeah, and that's—I forgot how long that. Oh my scene god! Is. I know, me too. I was like, "Oh god, it's still happening." Oh god, oh god, yeah. and
2: then yeah, and it just kept getting worse and worse. And then the the biggest thing was like when they're like, "Oh, the smell." Yeah, and you just can imagine what that. Fucking that's place that's where that detail
0: like. with the sweat on their faces yeah, yeah, really yeah. comes in handy. Yeah. They, oh the, my god. Um, absolutely brutal just display, and horrifying. because of that, it's like. Uh, how could this ever be a good thing? Yeah. Making oh, yeah. this happen. It's, Obviously it's, we have... Evolved we have a lethal it,
2: injection now, which is not quite as horrific.
0: Not not as horrific, but now is it just like, we're just... hiding the fact that we're doing something yeah. horrible to someone? But then it's also, then I'm starting to get into, deta- like, my brain's going like, well, I mean, when you put a dog down because they're in pain, is that essentially the death, death penalty? Like, it's you're not- you
2: put pets down...
0: The dog can't decide. Yeah.
2: I don't agree with that either, particularly.
0: <laughs> but, but at the same time, then, like, I've, I, I've had pets in the past when I was a kid where we've put the dog down. And it's like, the, de- the vet says, well, they're just basically in pain. And do you wait for the dog to just to die? Just die.
2: I know, it is a very
0: complicated are we killing them? Are we killing them for them or are we killing them for us so we don't have to see the dog, like...
2: Well, it's interesting how much you'll try and keep a human alive. Not on death row, obviously. I'm talking about like in the health system. Yes. Like you're trying to keep a human alive for as long as possible, but it's a, a cat gets a cold, you're like, oh, put it down.
0: <laughs> well, now sure. Like, there are some people uh, who are like, go fund me, my dog well, yeah, lost I, a I'm leg. yeah. I, I love dogs. I'm okay. saying
2: vets yes. in general is what I'm talking about, not the owners. The owners will obviously usually try and keep the, the animal alive. Mm-hmm. But I feel like vets do very quickly say, like, oh, so mm-hmm. I just put them down.
0: Pro- I mean, that's probably. From a logistical standpoint, it makes sense because it's like he's going to die soon anyway. Yeah, Uh,
2: but I don't. I don't know. I I mean, they they probably
0: have to be cold because it's like I have killed a lot of pets. God, can you imagine? Uh, That would suck to be a vet.
2: My cousin's a vet. I don't know how she does it.
0: Let's talk about pee.
2: Let's. That's my favorite subject.
0: I think. (laughs) Really, your favorite (laughs) subject is urination. Urination. What colour is it? What time of the morning do you pee? <laughs> do you need to go during the night? I pee with the frequency of a pregnant woman.
2: Interesting. Mm-hmm. I hate it when I have to get up at night and pee. That is so annoying. Especially when it's cold. You don't want to get up. Sometimes i just fall asleep again and have pee dreams.
0: You, you never know, wet the bed. I'm yet. not, no, not, currently not
2: wetting the <laughs> bed.
0: You have but pee I, dreams. Are they about peeing or just like, water and no, stuff?
2: No, 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 they're like... I'm trying to find a bathroom, and I can't find one that's in privacy. Have you ever had that?
0: No, I've never oh my had God, a pee dream. This is literally a... Re- so you have a recurring dream about trying to find a place to urinate.
2: Yes, and the thing is, is that it's always in an open space where everyone can see me, so I can't pee. Ah. And, and it's when I need to go to the restroom in real life. Like, what? and I'm... So I think the problem
0: of your recurring dream is that you just don't go up and go pee. Yes,
2: that's definitely it.
0: <laughs> so you have a solution you just oh i absolutely to ignore it. do
2: i just wake up and i'm like nah and then i go back to sleep and i'm like oh the pee dream again it is so realistic though i think it's happening and then sometimes i will pee I'll, but i won't pee and we're like oh, okay. and, I'll, and i'll so i'll pee in my dream and i'll wake myself up and I'll are be people like, watching and I'll you pee like, oh i can't remember i think i managed to do it like it's always when i managed to do it when no one's around i'll like sneak a pee in and then i'll wake myself up <laughs> I'll wake myself up, and I'll be like, "Oh my god, I've peed myself!" I haven't. I never peed myself.
0: Never peed yourself.
2: I'm sure I did when I was a kid. Yeah, but not in my adult life have I peed myself. This would be
0: the perfect opportunity to come clean.
2: I have not peed myself.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I haven't peed myself either uh, in a very long time.
2: Once my one of my exes was so drunk, he got out of my bed in the middle of the night, went into the corner of my room, and just pissed. Oh, it was just like. All over my carpet.
0: And it was it was definitely like a I need to urinate, not a I'm marking my territory sort of thing. Maybe
2: in his dream. He was sleep, sleepwalking, essentially. He was so drunk. A
0: sleepwalker, sleep pisser. Yeah. Ooh. It was pretty bad. Also, I, I could see why he's an ex.
2: Someone's peed. I remember, I'm just remembering all these pee stories now. Uh, another ex <laughs> peed while I was in the bed with him because he was so drunk. Apparently I have a, a trait of...
0: Well, people. I'm sure the next boyfriend will be a water sports guy, so then it'll be perfect trifecta. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> um, so the P in this movie, though, <laughs> uh, it's, it's Tom Hanks has a, a urinary tract infection. He's pissing razor blades, as he puts it. Oh, terrible. And, uh, man, this is, like, the best acting he does in this movie.
2: Oh, my God, I was going to say the same thing.
0: Yeah. He no, it, he, you really
2: it. fucking feel it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's very good at acting like he's got a pee problem.
0: <laughs> Which is interesting. Like, I'm not going to go fully into this because this is kind of their thing. Um, and you should definitely check it out. But uh, Crack.com has, in one of their – I think it's an After Hours video. Um, I'll put the link in the show notes. They have a theory where Tom Hanks has an obsession with peeing on screen. Really? And you can see this. There's so many different movies where he has a scene where he's urinating. And that doesn't happen in most movies. <laughs> you kind of just cut out the bathroom stuff. Yeah. But in, like, Castaway, he pees in the ocean. Mm-hmm. In Apollo 13, which we're talking about next week, there's a big hole to do where we have CGI pee coming out of the rocket. Uh, Forrest Gompy tells the president, I gotta pee. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's so much piss in Tom Hanks' movies. And it's always his character. So it's like, is this something Hanks is bringing into the movie? Obviously, uh, uh, this is probably a part for this story. The character Paul Edgecomb in the story had a urinary tract infection. That was part of the story. But was yeah. that something that attracted Hanks to the to role, role. always <laughs> oh, got plenty of pee in it. Excellent. Maybe there's a little water sports in Tom Hanks' section. Oh my god, probably. <laughs> uh, I don't want to think about that. And like this is this cut movie comes out at nineteen in 1999. This is like the height of his uh, of his fame. Like he's won the Oscars. He's the America's sweetheart. He's one of the biggest actors ever. And uh, the movie opens in uh, opens on him pissing. This is how we're introduced to him. (laughs) And then there's that And here we
2: have Academy Award winner (laughs) Tom Hanks
0: pissing. And the whole transcendent shot when he has the pee-gasm after getting it pulled out. Yes! That's such a long shot and it's just on his face. And that's another moment of fantastic acting because it's like you can see how delightful. Oh, Because totally. I've had peas where it's like I've been holding it. Probably you have it every night. With your yep. <laughs> where it's like, fuck, it's finally out of me. It feels amazing. It does feel very good. Uh, and he sells that pegasm He does. For this movie, pea is important because it's not just Tom Hanks who pees. There's a very specific moment when Percy gets scared by Wild Bill. Yeah. And, and he urinates. yeah. And... Doesn't... Like,
2: wait, doesn't... What's this, what's the Bill's name? What's Sam Rockwell's name?
0: Uh, Wild Bill.
2: So I think Wild Bill pisses on someone. Yeah,
0: and he right? pisses on someone too. Yeah, P is constantly yeah. in this movie. So let's try and figure out what what does the P symbolize? What is oh, it about? I, I
2: don't know. Or I think maybe it's something to do with the the again with the griminess of the movie, like the sweat and the the heat and the just like the conditions. I don't know. Is it is it something to do with just like adding to like the atmosphere of the movie, Mm-hmm. because there's a lot of like food, like being, well, that was just the moonplay, I guess, being Well, the, in their the face. cornbread.
0: Oh, I well, see. Well, the yeah. cornbread
2: wasn't gross. No, I just mean like a lot of a lot of stuff in it is not nice. Like
0: gross. Yeah, and pee is pretty much always gross. Obviously,
2: and there's like blood. Oh, there's no there's no shit, which is nice. I don't want to see shit.
0: That was great. I'm glad yeah. they, there was no shit. Uh, we had enough of that in The Shawshank Redemption. Um... <laughs> But, uh, uh, yeah, so, okay, so Tom Hanks kind of, through John Coffey's gift, is able to control his pee again.
2: Okay.
0: the end of the movie, he's in charge of his urination.
2: So, are we saying, Percy wasn't in control? Percy That's wasn't in saying. control,
0: and that he, that kind of is why everybody gained power over him, because he's like, we'll tell on you. Yeah. Please don't
1: tell me, blah, yeah. blah, blah.
0: It was a sign of his complete emasculation. Mm-hmm. Um... While Bill pees on the one of the uh, officers, of the officers played by the one guy we didn't mention, who is Jeffrey Demond. Um
2: Who's also in the Shawshank Redemption.
0: That's right, yes. Mm. Um, a lot of crossover with this, yeah. with this director. Uh, and then he brings in the hose, oh! symbolically peeing and completely emasculating Wild Bill.
2: Yes. So uh, it was like, he was trying to emasculate him by peeing on him, and then mm-hmm. he made it worse with the big pee.
0: This is, yeah, this is my character. And that shot where the reveal of the... Because this is a movie that's shot pretty traditionally. There's no, like, big, like, crazy moving camera stuff. But just, like, the the it's really the blocking that sells the dynamic visuals. And just, like, Hanks and uh, Morse spreading apart. And then there he yes, is with the hose. I love it's that. like, oh, that yeah, in your shot. fucking face, Sam <laughs> Rockwell. In your gross, dirty face. Oh, his
2: fucking teeth, man. They're horrible. Sam
0: Rockwell's amazing. He's
2: so good. And I forgot who he was because then i started seeing him in other roles and he's like Mm -hmm. not as crazy a character and then like watching him back in this movie i'm like fuck i fucking hate him
0: he has an amazing range yeah uh one to perhaps rival even our own tom hanks but uh no like yeah he sells the grind he he's not as well i guess here's a here's a question for you who do you hate more wild bill or percy Percy. Isn't that terrible? Yep. <laughs> That's why this actually killed people. Yeah. Oops. He raped and killed those little girls. I know. But I, the truth is, I fucking hate Percy more.
2: It's because Sam Rockwell is just comical in a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Like, he's good at, like, playing this fucking obnoxious fucking dickhead, but, like, the stuff he does is so ridiculous that it's funny. Whereas yeah. Percy is never funny.
0: <clears throat> you always hate Percy. And I think there's a part of it, too, and this is just, I think, a weird thing that human beings have, where... When a character acts the way you expect them to act, you're like you're more accepting of it. Like, oh, that guy's an asshole. So when he acts like an asshole,
2: yeah, 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 I'm not.
0: But but like when a nice guy acts like an asshole, like what the fuck is wrong with you? You have more issue with the nice guy who does something wrong That's once versus the asshole who is always an asshole.
2: Well, plus he's also always an asshole but true. he's an officer so you expect him not to be I guess and I
0: think there's a lot of just like he's the entire little bitchy shit oh god he's all Cause, yeah, that, actually that's that's a good point because Sam Rockwell despite being this murderer and a prisoner and completely you know not in control of his life he manages to have some confidence oh, he, in his choices? He knows
2: what he's trying to do. Yeah. Whereas, he actually
0: has uh, some agency.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's awful <coughs> and like, everything he does is disgusting and, and shitty. But yeah, he like definitely has confidence. That,
0: he's got a backbone. Whereas Percy has is. no backbone. Yeah. Like the fact that he's... I almost at, respect him a little bit more.
2: Yeah. Oh, because when Percy stood by, when Sam Rockwell was like strangling the mm-hmm. officer or whatever, and he just like stood there, like that... It was so fucking frustrating for me. Just, like, little fucking bitch. It's, that, it's the perfect description of him. Little bitch. Yeah,
0: I mean, and obviously little bitch uh, for a while, though, when he's like, when we do the hard cut and he's screaming as they're dragging him away. No, I'm yeah, again, yeah, I'm yeah, again. Yeah, yeah. But so he's pretty spineless himself. But, but,
2: but again, he's doing it in a funny way. That was yeah. a funny fucking shot. Whereas oh, Percy, you, don't, you never laugh at him because he's so fucking gross. I
0: think I laugh at Percy when uh, the one moment is when he... Uh, Goes and is obsessively pulling out all the stuff from. The oh, positive, that's true. Because yeah, they yeah, yeah, just yeah. did that.
2: Yeah, that's
0: uh, funny. <clears throat> uh, but even
2: when um, you know when he's reading that mental institute book, and then you see he's actually reading like a little porno. <laughs> I don't think that was funny because it's him.
1: No, I was just like, uh.
2: gross, man.
0: But it's great when uh, Hanks gets to throw him in his face. Yeah, I love that. That, was that really the funny. scene where they tie him up and they just put him in the. Oh my
2: god! So good.
0: So good. Uh. and they
2: just like. Stuff. I didn't think they were going like, to stuff like, uh, a tissue in his mouth and put that over him, but they did. I
0: like to great. think it was a sweaty sock, because that's just so I don't know much what grosser. It was, yeah, that
2: is way grosser. Um, <laughs> oh, they should have shown it coming off someone's foot. Oh, oh great.
0: yeah. <laughs> Speaking specifically about Sam Rockwell, that's, that's a good point to jump off onto how I want to compare this movie to The Shawshank Redemption. A similar movie, because obviously same directors, same source material, but uh, I... I think the Shawshank Redemption, I enjoy the Shawshank Redemption. I'm not sure it's, I don't like it as much as I used to. I think it's, as as time goes by, as I get older, I think it's an emptier and emptier movie for me with its message. Interesting, I should watch um, it again.
2: Because I remember loving it. I, 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 I did, did too, that.
0: I loved it. And I still think I, if I watch it, I'm going to feel great and I'm going to enjoy it. But I think my problem with that movie, it's so much just about like, and maybe it's kind of tying into some of the, men- the, uh, the thematics here, which we mentioned earlier. It's so much just about, like, the middle-aged white guy's fantasy. It's like, oh my gosh, to go yeah. to prison and, like, get away from your family and then get out. And just, like, <laughs> yeah, it's jail, man. Yeah, because it feels like such a weird middle America movie because, like, it was always on TBS and TNT. It probably yeah. still is. <laughs> um, and, I mean, like, there's nothing wrong with that as... The thing that movie does, but it's I don't think
2: it's—I
0: don't think it's as profound as people say. No. It is. That's my problem with the movie. The biggest point of comparison is, I think, the reveal of who the real killer was. Hmm. Shawshank Redemption, Tim Robbins—we find out uh, he's not actually the one who killed his wife, which is why he's in prison. We find out his character is innocent. Basically, when another prisoner gets transferred to Shawshank, he tells another prisoner. So it's like very like. From this guy, from this guy, and he's only telling you a story. Yeah, Uh, and it's in maybe it works better in the book. In the movie, it felt like okay, shitty reveal. It it felt like kind of an easy yeah, a little bit of a lazy thing. And my biggest problem with that is I don't think you needed to know for sure. I think the movie would have been stronger if you didn't know for sure that he was.
2: That he was innocent. Was it?
0: Maybe again, I haven't looked at the movie in a little bit, so maybe that would if if it was still up in the air, that would like fuck up the ending because it's like you want to the the true retribution is like only okay if he's completely innocent. Yeah, maybe so. Well, I think
2: there's a different way that could that you could have found out he's innocent, definitely.
0: Yeah, I mean, you could have found it. Yeah, but just because it was like a friend of a friend that we just flash back to this thing where
2: yeah, it feels so removed
0: from our character.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, Whereas in this movie, we get. Essentially the same beat, but it's crafted so much better. Because it's through uh, John Coffey's gift.
1: Yeah. And
0: it's sort of already set up that this is sort of how he works as a magical person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it totally works for me. It's a, I think the shot of the dinner table, the long pan oh, yeah. to reveal Sam Rockwell's at the table is a little much. I mean,
2: you knew he was going to be there.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like, it took so... Like, Wait, the movie it wasn't took,
2: even... That wasn't how they revealed it, was it? I thought he was revealed through the
0: paint. Yeah, he was. That was the other part why that shot was so superfluous. Like, right, because you already superfluous. knew. Yeah, we saw him. We were cutting away from the dinner table back to the painting, and then we finally saw him painting, and then we're still yeah. cutting back. And that then he's also at the table. That
2: whole montage. Is and then slow. we see him
0: cutting into the bedroom. And it's like, guys, we got it. Yeah. We got it. We got it. But, but at the same time, <laughs> even though I just criticized the hell out of it, because of the nature, uh, because of the mechanics of John Coffey, I think it totally works better as a reveal.
2: Totally, I will say it's, it was quite hilarious to they kept cutting cutting back to Tom Hanks's face, and I was just thinking, how long has he been holding that man's hand? Because <laughs> this is a long ass reveal.
0: Yeah, I imagine it's one of those things where it's much more instantaneous.
2: Yeah, but if you just, you're an outside yeah, yeah. observer, I
0: don't think like like uh, David George Morris, Morris wasn't like yeah. they've been holding hands for an awful long time. <laughs>
2: Because he was like a like, bah, and everything is like throwing his head back and sort of making noises through some of it.
0: Yeah, that I think kind of justifies the fact that he can't really do anything outside of just illegally let John Coffee free at the end, because the the proof that he knows is through a ridiculous. magical handshake <laughs> that will not the man hold up. They showed the, me the court. <laughs> There's no way. I mean, like there, he could have if, if it was possible to delay this, maybe. Used it to find a way to find evidence. Evidence, yeah. But. Back
2: in the 1930s, yeah,
0: not that easy. Not super. not super doable.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, what do you think of Coffee infecting Percy? Oh, I was going to talk
2: about that. And then
0: basically he calls out the judgment of these two guys.
2: That, that was like the biggest. Hole I forgot in the movie that happened. Me. Yeah, I forgot too. I literally forgot about it. Because, like, I remembered him, like, not being able to cough up the crap mm-hmm. from from the wife.
0: By the way, the one thing I didn't like, like one thing that doesn't hold up for me, I don't think I need the flies. Oh, I love the flies. You love the... Well, I guess I like oh, them at yeah. the end. No, you? I like all the flies. Really? Yeah. I I think it's just because it looks a little dated, the special effects. It just
2: reminded me of... Um, what's the movie with all the bees? The horror movie. When the guy has... A bee, he, he's like a bee man. <laughs>
0: the Wicker Man with <laughs> Nicholas Cage. Oh
2: no, this is African American man who's like man Yes, Candyman. And that was something I watched when I was a kid and terrified me. Oh, too. that makes sense. That so makes I think sense. that just like brought all those memories back. So I liked The Flies because it gave me that like Hoo-ah! feeling. But um that was watching it back. That was honestly the biggest problem I had with the movie was. He's saying how no one should hurt each other and how he, mm-hmm. like, it's like nails on a chalkboard or whatever he said, or glass smashing or whatever the fuck he said. Um, and it's so terrible for him to have to live with knowing that everyone, like, hates each other. And then he just goes and kills one person. He and then, essentially like,
0: kills two people. Well, yeah, yeah. he,
2: like, d- mentally kills one of them. And then...
0: I, to its credit, they give him some dimensionality. Well, yeah, that's
2: which true. Which no other character that's really has, point. not
0: even Tom Hanks.
2: Uh, But also, they didn't stop him. They were just, like, letting him do it to Percy. They, like, were vaguely grabbing at him, like, very softly. And they they let it happen. So, like, it was kind of everyone's fault that it happened. True,
0: but at the same time, like, we don't know how the mechanics of the magic works. Like, once those bugs are going in his mouth, can you...
2: But he didn't let the bugs go in for a while. He grabbed him and held him for a while. And I was thinking at that time, I'm like...
0: None of the officers are doing shit. They like, could shoot John. I mean, they don't want to shoot John. I mean, they don't the want thing. to,
2: but they could at least, like, get got their, like, what are the things called? Uh, the
0: batons? Yeah, the baton yeah. things.
2: We call them truncheons in England.
0: <laughs> 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 I was like, get the truncheon out. Um, and it's a better name ahead. for them. Batons is like something that a cheerleader yeah, flips in the air. Yeah, Like, I, I don't know how I feel about it, because Wild Bill was already on the Green Mile. He's going to that's be killed. That's what I was going
2: to say. There was no point to him being killed by John, or by Percy, whoever you... Killed him, yeah. Um, because he was on death row anyway. What was? Well, it was definitely coffee
0: because he possessed he, Percy, yeah, and he says I yeah. them bad like them bad men had to pay or something. Yeah,
2: which they well, he was gonna pay. I mean,
0: Percy wasn't. Yeah, but at the same like the Twilight Zone ish like ironic ending that yeah, he really yeah, does yeah. <laughs> end up at private. I kind of like that because that's kind of that too. Yeah, but it's also kind of cheesy. It's so um, cheesy, but I like it. But. Uh, coming through coffee it was like oh it was a little dark which maybe maybe they did that so it was easier for the audience to be like well he gotta die he did technically kill somebody
2: i guess i wish that he would just he had just done that to percy and not to well bill i don't think well well bill needed to die then i don't see the point in why if it was just because literally john wanted to be the one to kill him like that's I'm so against his character that I don't think he would do it. It does
0: feel a little out of character. I mean, I think, structurally-wise, you didn't want to have to do this thing to Percy. And, and like, it makes sense to kill him off at the same time, because it's like, we don't have another beat of... You don't want to have... Because Wild Bill's execution was probably going to be after.
2: Oh, right. Anyway,
0: so I think it's more of a... Part of it's, like, a, a writing, like, economy thing.
1: Maybe. But
0: the choice, yeah, it feels a little... I don't know... He was going to die anyway, but yeah, he made him die. And then that just makes me ask the question, which fate would you prefer? Being, being killed or, or, like... Because it's not like being mentally handicapped to a... It's like a very specific, like, this guy is a vegetable. Yeah, uh,
2: death? I
0: think death, which is a weird thing, because... Part of me is like, you should always,
2: well, I I, life I'm, is always yeah, better. Yeah, and I I am terrified of death, actually. It's one of my biggest fears.
0: Compared to, like, public speaking, Of way better. <laughs>
2: <laughs> this is a legitimate fear. No, I was just going to say, I wouldn't usually, like you said, I would always choose life. But if you don't know what's happening... Like, do, like I—it's very hard to tell because, like, when people are vegetables, you literally have no idea. Like, which is
0: probably—I I realize maybe saying someone's a vegetable is very is probably is out
2: incorrect.
0: Of, it, it might be a, a really out-of-date term, so I apologize. Uh, uh, me too.
2: I don't know what the correct <coughs> word is. Brain dead. Oh, okay. Well,
0: that's also I think another thing because Percy isn't quite brain dead, but uh, yeah,
2: it's hard—it's hard to know like how bad he was, I guess. Like it, how conscious he was.
0: Yeah, the the comp- but the complete removal of personality and agency that terrifies me. Obviously, yeah. that's a whole thing like that comes with death too. But, but uh, you don't know what's going to happen. But like the, nice. the the sca- one of the scariest movies I've ever seen is something is called Being Alice. Have you seen it? It was Julianne Moore. It yet, and
2: I want to see it, but I've heard it's so sad. It's
0: the scariest, saddest I don't movie think I ever. Watch it. I
2: might have a heart attack. <laughs> I mean. If I'm terrified of that kind of thing, I
0: think about it all the time. It's like, oh god, like that, that. I don't want that to happen to me so much is more it about than
2: Alzheimer's. Or something? It's about Alzheimer's, oh. and basically,
0: like Julianne Moore is this super smart woman, this this who's like teaches and writes books and stuff. And like the whole movie is basically her demise. Her yeah, her her uh, degradation of all that intellect and her personality. Oh, so she can't make choices. Her faculties are are being removed, and she's aware that she's losing herself. And is she
2: aware the whole time or is she just like lucid moments?
0: Like like it starts to dip in and out, and right. like the whole film is just like like that thought of everything slipping oh, away. God, that's and that terrifies me. Because yeah. like I don't have a whole lot going on, but like like I got my me yeah. and I think Oh, if nothing else, I'm like, I can always say something witty or I can always, <laughs> you know, find a way to talk about something interesting. Like I, I can always find a way to add to the conversation by being distinctly Elvis. Yes. Definitely. But if I didn't have that, or if I couldn't do that anymore, that then but then I would be like just like sometimes I'm thinking about in a much smaller capacity, like, oh I used to have so much energy when I was young and in college. Yeah. And I don't have that anymore. And then like I beat up on myself. But to not have such a fundamental piece of yourself.
2: Yeah. It's very scary. And to, like, lose blocks of time. Because I don't know if you would remember. Because they don't know what they do half the time, right? When Mm -hmm. they're, like, in a phase. I just can't imagine, like, you know, you suddenly come back to and you're, like, in a park somewhere. And you you remember the last thing you remember was that you were, I don't know, sitting on your couch eating cereal.
0: Indeed. I mean. It's
2: terrifying.
0: Then again, there are, like, times where I'm on autopilot and I'm like. Was I paying attention when I was driving to work at all?
2: <laughs> I was just yeah, singing the
0: happens. song, but yeah.
2: <laughs> Knowing that your family start treating you differently, I think would be really hard too, because they start to like treat you like there's something wrong with you because there is something wrong with you, mm-hmm. but you don't want to be babied. And I don't know. It was just, it would just be a whole horrible thing.
0: And it's, it's weird too. Cause like, I know me re- telling that like someone else I know is going through this. It's like, it's not your fault. This is something, it's always better to live and whatnot. But if think about it on me, it's like, oh, God, no! <laughs> oh, but, like, me! Uh, it's it's a whole weird, dark area. Uh, but,
2: uh... Have you ever thought about cloning? Not cloning, but, like, something Preserving about...
0: your consciousness somehow?
2: Well, no, that's not where I was going with it. But I've heard that, you know, at some point, they're going to be able to, like, take your, like brain and pr- imprint it onto like a robot or whatever, like in the future. we can like recreate DNA so that it essentially make you, but another you. But
0: like, it would be another that- me.
2: Right. It's just like, I don't understand how like consciousness works. It's so like confusing.
0: Well, well, I mean, the way I always think about it is identical twins are clones.
2: Oh, yeah, that's true.
0: And they're it, the personalities are different, different if their
2: dna is their dna identical
1: not their really
0: dna really is identical, identical. No, that's identical. why they're identical twins <laughs> that's like that's the same thing with the sheep it's it's the same it's I technically think, two different sheep even if it's just yeah, the same i guess i'm code. Not,
2: i guess i'm not really talking about cloning i'm talking about like taking a print of your brain and like putting it on something else but there you're right it wouldn't i think if it, wouldn't, it was you wouldn't, it wouldn't be
0: you if there's a way to preserve the consciousness how would, the fuck does that
2: work? I, I mean, I'm sure
0: there's a lot closer than we think yeah. to doing something like that. But yeah, the the process of cloning, unless, and granted, I'm not a I'm not a scientist. I'm a Tom Hanks expert ish. Uh, but but the way I understand it is that, again, even if you took your brain material and put it into a new body, it would
2: you. it would be a new person, right, yeah.
0: just like if you had a twin, but later, right. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> um but g- good chance they probably look pretty similar to you but even that they wouldn't look identical they would yeah. they would have all the genes but like then their environment would affect how they grow what they eat all yep. that stuff. Um
1: we're way off base from the green you. mile
0: but th- it had to be a long podcast just like the movie is so goddamn <laughs> long. I there's one more actor we haven't talked about that I just have to Give a shout out to, because Mr. Jangles, maybe the best mouse acting in any movie. I literally was thinking
2: that. I was like, they actually got him to roll Mm a, what's it called?
0: It was a spool.
2: Spool. They actually got him to roll a spool, Mm -hmm. which is insane. He's a mouse. I didn't know you could train mice.
0: I mean, apparently you can. And uh, this guy, this mouse, I bet he got a lot of work in the 90s and the the early aughts.
2: They only lived, like, a very few amount of
0: years. Yeah, they probably went through a couple. <laughs> Mr. Yeah, them. probably. Is he still alive in, like, 2016?
2: Oh, yeah. I'd say he's definitely still alive in 2016. Yeah. So, like, how old was the mouse? The mouse must be, what, it was 1930 to 1999 or something. So like the that. mouse
0: is probably, what, a year old?
2: Yeah, maybe. Say.
0: So he's 60 years old.
2: So how mice my don't quote me on this, but mice—I don't think live longer than like what five years, if that.
0: Two years for an African pygmy mouse. Whatever that might be. So five years is probably a long living. Yeah, mice. maybe I was wrong about that. Um,
2: <laughs> so he's lived how many times past his—that's time? yeah. So two goes into life?
0: sixty how many times? Yeah, uh, can't thirty times. Out. <laughs> thirty times. So he's lived thirty times, times beyond his, life, his lifespan.
2: lifespan. Okay. So, Tom Hanks.
0: So, he would live to be 2,100 years old.
2: Oh <gasps> Wow, that is insane. And the mouse isn't even dead yet, so we don't even know yeah, how Yeah, it, it'll go longer. <gasps> that is insane. I'd say the mouse would probably live at least another 20 years.
0: Is the mouse alive in 2016? Yes.
2: Why not? It was only 16, 17 years, right? I guess you're right. Yeah. Yeah god whitey. that's a long time i've just realized that i'm very old
0: you are very old but you're not as old as tom hanks in this movie yeah or as tom hanks in real life that's true <laughs> good gosh we've gone every which way uh
2: watching it back brought back so many memories not 100 sure if i love the movie or if i love what it does to my emotions is
0: that of... not what the movie is then
2: well, I, okay. Let me it's like a, that. I
0: love the effect of ecstasy, but no, I don't no, love no, ecstasy. No, no,
2: no, no, no! I'm saying it. <laughs> let me re say this because it has such meaning to me in my memory. I don't know. if... It's like when you rewatch an old oh, is TV it a nostalgia show. Tripping? I don't know if it's like partly nostalgia that I really love about mm-hmm. it. I don't think it's just dumb. I don't think. I think if it's being like one dimensional, it's deliberate. It's not. Yes, just yes, like, yes, yes. It's not like thinking it's a masterpiece.
0: The, the movie is actually. It's it's. Especially, like, when you think about how Percy is depicted, it's very intentionally doing all of these things to get you to this moment. Yeah. Basically to cry, to feel. It's forcing you into an emotional state. It is, but that's part of what, uh, what, what some kind of movies are for.
2: Yeah, it definitely uh, does the job that it's set out to do.
0: Yeah, I think it doesn't have to be as long as no. it is. Because th- that's the thing. It gets episodic in the middle. And like I'm enjoying like the pretty much all the moments throughout, but like we leave John Coffee after he gets in for a long time because yeah. then we have to like, well, we're fucking following the mouse, and Dale's got something going on. Yeah,
2: that, there was a lot about that mouse. Like he, the mouse was a very big character,
0: which I like. I love yeah, Mister Daniels, but like I feel like you could make this movie and have things a little bit more not spread out. Like have Tight. have have it tighter, which, which is to say that. Things are happening simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Mr. Jang. like, we don't lose John Coffee for 20 minutes after he shows up. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, not a, it's not a very... It's a heavy movie. It's a long movie.
2: Yeah. I
0: don't think it needs to be as long. But at the same time, I've seen it a couple times now. And I've enjoyed it every time.
2: I've seen it, I think, probably like five or six times. And I've watched it the whole way through each time. So, like, I obviously really like
0: it. Well, that's great. <laughs> I think it's a good movie to like. And I think it's... Uh, I think it is a really strong movie. I don't think it's one of Tom Hanks's stronger performance. No. It's a good performance. Yeah. But I think but part of it is he's such a stand-in for you, the, the American who's like, oh, I think that's one of the more diminutive things in this movie is like, it's kind of made for the American audience or, or it doesn't have to be American specifically, but the audience who's like, I think I'm a good person. I would do the right thing if I was in the circumstance because that's kind of what Tom Hanks that's does exactly. in this movie. Yeah,
2: he is exactly what the viewer would be thinking.
0: So there's not a lot of heavy lifting to do. He doesn't even get the best performance I mean, in the movie. he doesn't
2: really... Yeah, like, nothing he does. I mean, he has some emotional moments. Though, oh,
0: he does. And he he's, he's much more an anchor in this film. Like, you don't yeah. think of Paul Edgecombe as a real big character.
2: No, he just kind of, like, ties everyone together, which is interesting. Like, he's the boss to, like... Well, everyone, including the prisoners. Mm-hmm. And they all kind of, like, rotate around him, but he's not a huge personality i don't know his personality isn't massive it just no
0: matter. and this is like one of the downsides to when you study tom hanks as closely as i do is uh he's he's still good in this movie i think he's great in parts especially the peeing stuff yeah oh, that's where he injects personality and we yeah. get stuff especially like when he's interacting with bonnie hunt we get to see and he's a little he's a little playful especially when he like fucks up percy in, in
2: oh, yeah. the best
0: of ways but uh in a lot of ways, I think you cast Tom Hanks when you have a character who's kind of just the there. end of the movie. And Tom Hanks is so beloved and so good that he his charisma fills in the blanks.
2: That's true. Uh,
0: and that – Yeah. Th- it kind of is a shitty thing to realize. It's like that means there's not a lot of character there, but it does mean – He's a really good actor. I like, mean,
2: yeah, he's providing he, the character yeah. that wasn't in the script.
0: He's doing so much lifting. Yeah, that's not there.
2: Yeah, because if it was someone unknown in that role, I don't think it would have been such a big movie.
0: Mm-hmm. And I, like, it kind of like worries me because, like, is that what Tom Hanks does best? Is right. like, is he just
2: like picking up a bad script and, yeah, and or he, it. or
0: is he like just perfect for like being not the personality of the movie? But that's obviously not true. When you look at I mean, his Forrest best Gump. characters, Forrest Gump. Uh, Woody. Uh, Woody.
2: Oh, my God. He's another one I'm, I was in love with as a kid. I fucking love that character. Josh
0: Baskins from Big – like all yeah, – and exactly. Punchline. I, it's so many – I mean I could we, listen to the podcast I go on <laughs> and on. Uh, you guys know this. Uh, but, yeah, it's interesting that there's been so many because we recently talked about this with The Da Vinci Code. Why not? Why not? Uh, but before we wrap this up, we really have to talk about Gary Sinise. He's only in this movie for oh, yes. one scene, but it is Gary Sinister. <laughs> what do you think of Gary Sinise in this movie? Uh,
2: he's great. Yep, I don't really have much to say about him because he isn't really doing much in it. It made me sad that he was so. He was his defense lawyer, yet he was so.
0: He still so believed. Convinced. Yeah, yeah,
2: he's so convinced that he didn't. He did it. Um, it just kind of like showed what people of that time were like, and maybe even now people like, probably like it. I don't know how people are defense like. You know, the public defenders that have yeah. to defend murderers? Like, I don't know how they do it.
0: I mean, I think a lot of it is is they're not going in with, like, this guy's innocent. They're going in with, like, let's, let's, see, how let's well see the circumstances so, like, we'll, we'll get him the, the best
2: Yeah, which I would get. not want to do to a murderer. But then again, this whole movie proves not everyone's a murderer.
0: Sinise is interesting. Uh, to completely, to, to compare him to Tom Hanks, I don't think he could play the kind of role that Hanks does in this movie. Because just... No. His look—he
2: he has a—he has a kind of a, a, a crafty, not so nice look about him. Honestly, yeah.
0: His his eyes look sinister. Yeah, and like you play that, you play against that in certain movies. But he couldn't just be like kind of this all around everyman. Sinise no. doesn't seem like an everyman to me. Tom Hanks is the perfect everyman. Yeah,
2: no, he's much more of like a character actor. And
0: I think he works. I mean, this is the least he's in any of these Gary Sinister Tom Hanks movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think he works here because he looks like kind of a guy who does, you can't really trust him. Yeah. Uh, and he's a little shady. He basically just serves as this point of comparison that Tom Hanks is the man who will go on his gut instinct on faith. Essentially. I, I think Gary Sinise is a welcome presence in the movie. I think it was a, the right choice too. Cause it's like, it's character's small. Let's throw in an, it's a kind of the Tom Hanks thing too. Let's throw in an actor who can do something. There's yeah. not a lot to this character. He definitely um,
2: made me listen, because especially when he brought his son up, like, I don't know, he was very good at, at doing that character, like, delivering, yeah. delivering the lines, I guess.
0: That's <laughs> what an actor does. That's what we're talking about. Welcome to the show, Chloe. Yeah, I know, the scene with uh, him telling, the, well, that was the, oh, now that I think about it, Gary is a total asshole, because he basically compares uh, an African-American person To a to dog. A dog.
2: Oh my god. He's a
0: total fucking racist.
2: That's so true. Yeah,
0: and it's the kind of thing that if you're not paying attention, you're not going to even notice. Well,
2: I just thought, like, murderers in general. I guess. I wasn't thinking about African American, but, like, because he's African American, yes.
0: And it wouldn't work to apply the metaphor to a murderer because you know a murderer. I mean, of course a murderer is going to murder. The murder is murder. Oh
2: right, yeah, I forgot exactly what he said. Yeah,
0: that was uncomfortable.
2: Yeah, you're right.
0: But then again, I guess it serves as another point of comparison where like Tom Hanks represents like but I'm a not racist. Yeah, guy. yeah, yeah. I mean he yeah. Which is which is a good thing, but I worry that it's like you don't want to just watch this movie and feel like, oh, you're off the hook.
2: Oh, because you sympathized with the black man?
0: Yeah. That's, no, that's yeah, not enough.
2: That's really shitty.
0: Especially in 2016.
2: Yeah, definitely.
0: Ugh. We need a lot more, uh we need more than Paul Edgecombe this day. You're not gonna save the world. Uh no, but uh you will travel to the moon. But that's <laughs> next week with Apollo 13. Don't forget to join us then. Uh that's Chloe. So <laughs> Chloe, just like the moon, made of cheese, oh until goodness. they find out in Apollo 13, <laughs> uh, which is our second uh, ep- movie this month in Gary Uh Chloe, thanks so much for coming on, talking about Green Mile. Thank you. Uh, where, in the meantime, can the people find you online? Oh,
2: well, uh, check me out on Instagram. I post lots of pictures of me and my sister, but whatever. Um... <laughs> It's, uh, my handle is Chloezak, C-H-L-O-E-Z-A-K. That's it, just my name. Um, If you wanna watch my videos on BuzzFeed, I have a BuzzFeed page, it's just buzzfeed.com forward slash Chloezak. All my videos are there. I'm in a series right now called Fucked, which my mom doesn't like the name of, Um, but it's kind of fun, it's about college students that basically, the reason it's called Fucked is because they're all fucked in their different ways. Um, Currently, I'm sleeping with uh, my roommate's ex-boyfriend
0: Bad choice. Uh, yep, yeah,
2: bad choice, and that's all gonna blow up on my face soon. So I'm quite excited. Uh, quite excited to do that.
0: Great. Do you have a Twitter account or anything like that? I ev-
2: everything I'm on is my. Chloezak. Chloe I have a Buzzfeed Chloe Facebook page too, which uh, isn't Chloezak. It's Buzzfeed Chloe. But Snapchat, Twitter,
0: Instagram is all Chloezak. For any local listeners, you have like shows coming up. Oh yeah, you print, print
1: those?
2: Thanks. Sure. I'm in a comedy sketch team uh, at the Pack Theater. Um, we're performing, actually, the girls from the team, my team's called Turncoat. Uh, the girls are performing at the Funny Women's Festival in Highland Park on Saturday night at 11 pm. Um, I don't know where you can get tickets. <laughs> <Google> <laughs> <it>. <laughs> that then, means
0: I'll Google it and put in the show notes.
2: Cool. And then uh, next Wednesday, I have my regular show, which is the first Wednesday of every month, and it's at the Pack Theatre on Santa Monica Boulevard. And that is a pay-what-you-can donation show, and it's pretty fun. It's me and another team, my team and another team, and we're usually pretty crazy and
0: awesome. What time is the show? Oh, that's
2: at 10.30 p.m. every first Wednesday of the
0: month at the pack. You can find all those links in the show notes at splotstudios.com or tomhanksgiving.com. All goes to the same place. Uh, Follow the show on Twitter at tomhankspod. Follow me at Elvis Kunish, Twitter, Instagram, probably a couple other places. Don't forget to rate and review. Tell us what you think of Gary Sinister so far. What more do you want to see? What Tom Hanks movies have we not done? Send us an email, uh, TomHanksPod at gmail.com. Give us that five-star review on iTunes. You know, help us out. And uh, don't forget to join us next week for Apollo 13. Until then, thanks for listening.
1: Tom Hanks is a friend you can turn to when cold winds, blow. cold winds blow, and then you'll know, now and forever, a friend in this world, you've got a friend in Tom.